0: Hey, welcome to episode 86 of the Thodcast, Conversations About Animation. I'm Philip, your host of the Thodcast. Today I'm joined by some wonderful guests Uh, returning to the Thodcast. It's Hannah Lee Smart. How's it going, Hannah?
1: Hello, hello, everyone. I am so excited to be back for this vibrant and so... um, it's so sweet. I love this show so much. And I'm so excited to be back with our friend Philip on the podcast.
0: So excited to have you. And it's great to be back. Um, but yeah, this summertime episode wouldn't be complete without a an additional player on the podcast <laughs> and a first timer. And I'm just so excited to introduce um, Alex, I'll just uh intro you as Alex for now, and uh, yeah, how's how, how are you doing? What, how do you feel about being on a podcast?
2: Hi, I am so excited. I uh, always wanted to be on a podcast, so I'll check that off my bucket list. I'm really excited to be here with you and Hannah.
0: Well, thanks for joining. Um, and yeah, this will be a fun one talking some Pixar you know, we, we love Disney, Disney animation here. You know, I know uh, both of you, you know, do princess cosplays fairly regularly. Um, I don't know. I, I'll, uh, for people who aren't familiar um Hannah, I mean, you you do a lot of like Tinkerbell and some other princesses. Um, Alex, I, I'm just curious uh, for some context. What what princesses are your favorite?
2: Um, my favorites to portray are Rapunzel and Cinderella.
0: Cool, cool. Um, yeah, we'll be talking more about uh, some Disney and just all the references and connections that all. will you know, the various things that influence today's film, which is, of course, Luca, a new film from Pixar Animation. Um, And uh, it's uh, it was a fun little romp um, available on Disney Plus, directed by Enrico Casarosa, Italian animation director. This was his uh, feature animation debut, though he did direct that great little short film by Pixar from a number of years back, uh, 2011's La Luna, which uh, is pretty unsurprising because I feel like they have these two uh, films have some very similar stylization to them. Uh, but yeah, I, I had fun with Luca um, and what, what, um, Hannah, start off with you. What did you think of Lo- La-, <laughs> La Luna? No, what do you think of Luca?
1: I actually thought that this was kind of a breath of fresh air in recent um animated films. I think it was almost like and Philip Don't panic. I think it was a bit um it was almost a modern twist. I know this sounds kind of weird. Unlike the Disney Renaissance era, even yeah. down to Luca's like wobbly legs, like little mermaid vibes, that kind of a movie. Mm. But I also think this animation was a breath of fresh air in the sense that it was so bright and I loved their big um, Disney eyes, you know, that's very um, Pixar. The animation definitely made me think of Ratatouille the whole time. I just kept thinking, like, Luca looks just like, what is his name? The Remy. I mean, it's not Remy, it's
0: Linguini. Uh, yes. okay.
1: The, okay. The, like, guy that, adopts or whatever it's a rat in his hat and eat. i was like thinking that the entire time i was like wow that's so funny it's like him as a sea creature um but i i think this movie is so so sweet i do think um and we can jump more into this later the plot was a titch all over the place just like writing wise but the animation saved the game for me because it was so vibrant and so fun and i love kids movies that are super bright and I don't think that we've had one that's this vibrant in a hot minute.
0: Yeah gorgeous looking film um narratively not as profound I would say as like Ratatouille or other similar films mm-hmm. uh some similarities to The Little Mermaid certainly like very directly um, but yeah I'll, um Alex I, uh, what were your initial thoughts?
2: Yeah Hannah just basically hit all of uh I the the animation is like what really like kept me watching I I didn't care for the plot I felt like it was predictable repetitive something we had seen before kind of thing but I continued to watch because it was it just was like stunning like it looked so good but the plot I just was like it wasn't there for me I'm sorry if you can hear like sirens (laughs) that's all right But yeah, no, like Hannah, whatever, you know, whatever you just said, literally like could have come straight from my like after movie notes. And yes, there was also in my notes, like so many parallels to the, to the little mermaid, which I feel is kind of what gave me this, like, I've seen this before kind of feel like, oh, we love human treasures and oh, don't go to the surface. It's like, I, I know, I know, I know the spiel. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I liked the way it looked and I liked the cute little like sayings they had, but that's and the (laughs) the message, but that's really all that, like, that's all that it had for me. The plot, I just, mm, it could have been something different and they could have stuck with it. I felt like they went in 10 different directions.
1: Right. It was almost like two or three movies that they like had in mind and nobody wanted to give in to one like idea and it's totally okay to have like subplots but I think there was like a subplot a subplot and a subplot and not really a main storyline
2: yeah I agree it was just like is it a race is it a message about listening to yourself is it a message about freedom like does the race even matter you could (laughs) have done something else like I didn't even care about the race the whole time so (laughs) yeah they never made me care about anything specific
0: yeah, and certainly we'll dive deep into the depths, along with uh, Uncle uh, Udo. <laughs> was mm-hmm. I love that character.
2: Hated him. Hated. <laughs> uh, I did not like him. <laughs> if I could take anybody out of the movie, it's him.
0: <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, dive down under the dog, as it were, um, and examine some, you know, aspects of this uh, this little film. Uncle Ugo like hated no nope. like he's an uggo that's, exactly
2: i put that in my notes ugo equal uggo did not like him see through punch his heart no
0: some mm-hmm. body horror at least you know this this film earns its pg rating
2: if i was a child uh, that'd be frightened
0: say yeah all totally. that
2: in a theater like i would be like it's time to go,
0: <laughs> time to go. Mm. um and yeah, the this movie is kind of like a series of vignettes almost. It, it's just sort of sprawling and loose. And that, I think, resembles some of the perhaps the Miyazaki films that inspired uh, Luca, inspired the director to tell this type of story about childhood and coming of age. Uh, you know, I think of movies like Kiki's Delivery Service, uh, sort of a similar subject, And then the, um, you know, there's even a direct reference to a title from Miyazaki, you know, the film Porco Rosso or Porco Rosso, um, which the town in Luca is named after the town of Porto Rosso. Um, so, So some pretty explicit nods, which I appreciate. And I'm a pretty big fan of Miyazaki. Unfortunately, I have not seen Porco Rosso, which I'll probably do after this if I can find it you know streaming somewhere
2: is aren't they on hbo max uh,
0: a lot of them are uh, i recently looked up to see if grave of the fireflies was on hbo max but it's not so like i don't not every ghibli film is there
2: those are uh, some of my favorite movies so yeah i yeah i, I get what you're saying then the nods to that i haven't seen them all but I, mm-hmm. yeah like yes love that but also it just felt like don't make a nod to that if you're not gonna do it better. <laughs>
0: Yeah. 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 I I mean, I feel like this movie didn't, you know, it wasn't trying to say too much. It was just more, you know, trying to be a a moment to breathe and live with these characters more so. Uh, But yeah, it kind of gets bogged down in some of these sort of arc plot elements, these archetypes that are a little worn, you know, the race, the, the bully, I don't know. these, They were just kind of, yeah, worn territory.
2: The bully could have been not a grown man.
0: So weird. <laughs>
2: I didn't get that. It was a cute movie. I'm not trying to be like Debbie Downer the whole time. It was cute. And kids do love it. I'm just not a child. And I don't have children. I didn't watch it with a child. So I was coming from a point of expecting the typical, like, Pixar, like, I'm going to cry at some point, like, you know, fuzzy feelies. And I I didn't cry at all. I didn't even tear up.
0: Oh, I, I kind of did at the end. I-
2: yeah <laughs> oh, i wanted to i was like prepared to cry and i didn't i wanted to really bad though i needed a good cry
0: hannah oh how... i'm an
1: absolute stone i never cried anything oh oh but the only movie i've ever cried at you guys are gonna be like huh is um that adam sandler movie click <laughs> <laughs> that is it Nice. no other show movie nothing even in like real life like the most tragic things happen and i'm no understanding standing there, like oh that's
0: so why they call him the sand man he just throws that sand in your eyes and you gotta cry it, it
1: out got me and then i was like laughing through my tears it was like um if you haven't seen click that came out in the early 2000s this will be a spoiler alert to you um so swapping movies for half a sec um that movie it was like it's like when he like dies or whatever like I'm like oh my gosh and I start crying but then he like flips off like the his wife's like new husband or whatever and I just like giggled and I'm like back in it so that is the only movie in like cinema history that I have ever cried to
2: I can't believe I I honestly like I what like you didn't cry at Fox and
1: the Hound nothing nope like, people die in movies, anything happens, like, I'm always like, hmm, like, real life, like, the most tragic things happen to me, and I'm just like, oh, wow, that sucks. Like, I I literally, like, I'm someone that maybe, cr- I cry sometimes when I'm really frustrated, but never from, like, a movie or, like, actions. I almost mm. cried in Frozen 2 um, oh. during Show Yourself, just because it was, like, so chilling, but... <laughs> I think mainly because like the whole theater was like, oh, but that was pretty, probably the most recent one that almost got me there, but I don't know. I'm also as a theater person, so critical. I'll be like, oh, they should have like, you know, changed that beat or they could have done that voice inflection this way and it would have been more powerful. So I just find myself analyzing a bit too much. That makes sense. Um, Like, uh, i'm a little bit scared that you
2: didn't cry during show yourself frozen Two because i can't even like sing it at a uh, birthday party without yes. crying and the kids are like elsa are you good i'm like no
1: it's uh, such a chilling part of show, but that's a different movie back to luca here. yeah my Machiavelli's crying outside the door right now so. oh um i actually have a question also kind of due to emotions um did you guys hear so when this movie was first um kind of like circulating i think it was before it even came out um i follow like quite a few like um like lgbtq blogs and things like that just to kind Mm -hmm. of stay up to date on that community Mm -hmm. um And there was a lot of talk that this was going to be kind of a coming out story, or at least something that would be um, a guide. But then the director um, of the film, I think, uh, I tried to like Google it before we started. So I was talking about. Yep. So the director kind of made um, and I'm sourcing this Vanity Fair article, but there's several other articles that are probably more credible. Um, He said that it, it wasn't like inherently that way. Um, but obviously they're not going to, at this point, I don't think the world is ready for like an animated film. And like, maybe we are, that is of that context. But I do think it's a good stepping stone and just kind of hindering back into like Elsa as a character. I know the similar mm-hmm. thing happened with Frozen mm-hmm. where that community kind of like latched onto her as a character because there's such a sense of relief and freedom and the whole sense of like, Luca getting to change his identity and finding more belonging is so um, intertwined in the gay community. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a really interesting perspective. So being that I knew that prior to watching the film, how it was being interpreted there, I do think that kind of, um, it -hmm. almost like masked my like interpretation of the film, I guess.
0: Okay. Well, I, um, you know, Figured if there were anything overly, you know, um, related to that, you know, that this might have made some waves and I'd hear a bit more about it. I actually didn't see this until uh, last night when I oh, watched really? it for the podcast. No, I mean, which is very negligent of me, uh, you know, not seeing a Pixar film at the first I opportunity.
1: Mean, it's it's totally like. Um, like that that news I think is something that's just a very um more open topic Mm -hmm. recently so I just I don't know I was just wondering if you Mm -hmm. had like heard it but Disney um or at least the director of the film did make a statement that um Luca and Alberto were like very platonic
0: okay I yeah I don't know it's well it's (laughs) they're kids how old is Luca
1: I I have in love and I love that for them
0: I definitely
1: agree, like, we can't um, push that on, like, their characters, because their characters are children, but I just felt like I kind of, like, maybe agreed, but it could have also been them, because that was in my head.
0: Well, lots of films that are just meant for a mainstream audience get kind of adopted by uh, a very avid sort of queer fan base, and that's, um, you know, just due to some of the thematic content of various films that that deal with those kinds of issues. And I think that's great, you know, that, that they can reach a broad, uh, you know, the spectrum of, of audiences.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't think that um, obviously it's like outwardly said in any of the films, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's great to know that there can be so many interpretations that make a child like even like questioning because like many kids like feel that from a young age and like, I'm not part of that community, but as someone that supports people within that community, I definitely understand that um, having something like this could be like a key part in them feeling more comfortable and less alone. And I think Luca does go through that journey of loneliness. Um, Sorry to totally go off note topic. I just wanted to know if you had heard that.
0: I haven't heard anything. I mean, I... Noticed some similarities between this movie and the Call of Me and by Your Name film that came out a few years ago, just with the Italian setting, sort of a coming of age story. Um, that was Timothy Chalamet, who's really, you know, mm. popping as an actor. Same <laughs> with, uh, I mean, he's going to be in that upcoming Dune movie. He was in Lady Bird. He's, I mean, he's in everything. Um, and then Jacob Tremblay, who's sort of a younger version of that, where he's this child actor who's in everything. You know, he's going to be in Little Mermaid as Flounder. Um, he, you know, had a big uh, debut in that Room movie with Brie Larson. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it has and uh, and he's been, I think, aging fairly well too as an actor. So he might not disappear you know as some child actors do i think he's going to keep at it um but yeah the similarities between these two films might have you know caused some people to conflate like the that sort of uh, gay experience you know the romantic elements from call me by your name you know to you know they might have transplanted that onto you know sure. Luca a and little it bit totally I don't. Just
1: be like a misinterpretation especially because like the director said it wasn't inherently that way sure I just I just was wondering since I did see um quite a bit of that circulating if that's just my own you know Instagram algorithm mm-hmm. or if that was a bigger topic that you saw
0: well I, I think we have to be careful like that you know, just because you have a best friend with whom you're very close, that doesn't mean that you're romantically interested in that person either. And I think if kids get too much sort of media messaging related to, oh, you, you know, you're spending so much time together, it must mean you love this person, you know, in like a very romantic sense. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> you can be very much in love as platonic friends. And then like, but of course you know usually the hormones will kick in and you will know the difference when you like have that you know <laughs> sexual attraction to someone versus a platonic thing you know like with these kids i don't know i when i was that age i i was certainly attracted to girls but like i wasn't you know, even before I went through puberty, I feel like this movie is a good metaphor for puberty with like the transforming
1: like coming of age and like Mm -hmm. a transition of life even.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I I just think there's so much that kids don't understand that it just gets a very murky. um, And, and I think, you know, once you actually go through puberty and you start to learn about how that stuff works, you know, it, you become a lot more well-equipped to make those kinds of decisions. And I think at this age, you know, Albert, uh, Alberto and Luca and Julia, like, they're just, you know, they don't really know <laughs> too much about what's going on. Yeah, I don't
2: care in what sense they're in love. Like, they're in love. Like, <laughs> that's
0: great. Yeah, that's like, awesome.
2: In some sense, like, they, um, I bet, like, that was like a, like, like, the friendship there, like, was, like, mm-hmm. the whole, like, building of the friendship working together like you know like going through these things together like the jealousy that Alberto had it was like he like cared and like I don't care in what sense they're in love but like they like they do love each other like mm-hmm. as friends like there is like love there in yeah. in, in any sense like that was like a like that was just like they were like they were sweet friends like
0: that was my main emotional sort of entry point to this film and what you know caused me to well up at the end when Lucas is leaving on the train certainly
2: Yeah. I want to circle back just for like a hot second to where you were saying um about the call me by your name the like yeah similarities. So I actually read a New York times article about Luca titled, um, calamari by your name. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, I feel like you said that and like, it like obviously made me think of that. So I just wanted to share that with you. Um, calamari by your name. That was something that I read earlier.
0: All Um, right. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and this is, um, very I don't know similar to I mean the little mermaid parallels towards the beginning little were also
1: mermaid. yeah
0: <laughs> like of course um you have these creatures these like chimera and they just refer to them as sea monsters in the film and they have the you know fortunate uh, ability where they, they transform into humans when they step out of water it's like yeah Alberto has this trove but it's above ground. It's in this like old abandoned building. I'm like, God, Ariel would hate this guy.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually she might love him. Like the human treasure. She just would hate him because she can't get to the treasures.
0: Yeah. She'd be jealous.
2: Yeah, for sure. Jealous
1: of that. Just like, boom, magical. She went through a hot minute of um, issues to receive the legs. So, <laughs> and they just get them. They just can have them. Just, like doing it. It's like, of, of course he can. Of course he can do that.
0: I, yeah. I don't know if any of you follow uh, the author and journalist, Malcolm Gladwell. I, I love his books. He writes to the New Yorker. You've probably heard of like his book, Outliers, you know, the 10 hours, to, or 10,000 hours to become a master of something. Um, he does a podcast oh, yeah. called- yeah a great podcast where he talks about like sort of overlooked and misunderstood phenomena throughout history um and he's recently done a series on the little mermaid from 1989 from you know walt disney studios um and and he's not very kind to it Uh, to be fair he had not seen the film until recently like in preparation for his podcast so like he's look coming at it from this like really you know woke 2021 yeah yeah it's he he's he
2: my favorite disney movie
0: he needs to sit with it a little more i think
2: don't want to hear it like <laughs> no. do you have anything bad like that's like i have my favorite like princesses but like my favorite disney movie like little mermaid number it one
1: my favorite princess for sure and Rapunzel is like my second favorite. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Frozen Two made me question everything.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I love Frozen One, but like that transformation and show yourself. I know I already talked about it, but mm-hmm. I call it.
2: Like we could do a whole podcast just like my thoughts on like <laughs> we
1: did, Alex. That and one. I would love to hear more of your thoughts. Okay. I have but, so many thoughts. Yeah. What what's our next Luca? Luca.
0: Was. Well, I wanted to also bring up a Missing Link, Hannah, because you, you like Missing Link. Oh my missing, gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think
1: that was my first podcast.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Way back when. Because
0: like the opening of this movie was two guys on a boat and they see this cryptozoological creature. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know, thankfully, one of them doesn't get traumatized. I mean, in, in Missing Link, you know, the moment where that Loch Ness monster you know, bites down, it basically bisects this character sitting with Hugh Jackman's character on the boat. <laughs> I thought, oh, wow, there's like death in this stop motion animated movie. Uh, but no, uh, Hugh Jackman just lassoes the Loch Ness monster, which is like a hundred times his size and, you know, gracefully rescues this uh, <laughs> companion of his. There's no state, you know, it, it was such like, a totally
1: not like... See those parallels, but that's actually hilarious.
0: Yeah, I don't know that there weren't too many other parallels. I just, you know, that I love Leica, and they do great things at that studio. You know, stop keeping the medium alive of stop motion, but um, I just love the look of this film, Luca, and you know, CGI has come just so gonna far. Say, i
1: going to say, I think this animation style is definitely more my vibe.
0: Mm-hmm. But um, that. And-
1: That's so funny that you thought of that, Philip. I love that.
0: I don't know if there are any other, I I was hoping they'd stick more with the cryptozoology and like the mystery of the sea monsters being more of a subplot. You know, (laughs) do that instead of the whole race thing.
2: Exactly, (laughs) I feel like there's really like no explanation of like, why why are you like this? Like, I didn't really, and like, why is like Uncle Scary like related?
0: yeah he could have been in more he
2: come from like he's like i'm like he's the deep he's like from the deep like where is like the where's the family tree like
0: yeah how
2: did you become become this way like i don't i would have rather seen like i would have rather seen like backstory on like the sea monsters than like bikes Hmm.
0: (laughs) we uh we spent a lot of time uh out of the sea uh wish we could be (laughs) no um the whole i don't know fast and furious is on everyone's mind this summer too and it's like oh maybe race is supposed to be a double entendre you know race wars (laughs) which is a fast and furious thing oh my god uh,
1: Jesus of me (laughs) sorry
0: um oh gosh i i've been uh i haven't I've only seen the first two Fast and Furious movies. I'm not that big into, I don't know. Racing? Yeah, (laughs) I I guess.
2: I like cars, like the movie Cars, but.
0: (laughs) They just seemed a little bit too much like polished Hollywood schlock to me as films. Yeah. Not like real substance, but I I think there's. Movies. You like them?
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think they're really good.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. I just it's a bit of a commitment you know there are now nine movies there's
1: like a million of them now yeah
0: um I mean in Italy they love Vespas they love vehicles um
1: I I think the Vespa is iconic but it's a bit cliché
0: yeah, I don't know. And it made
1: me think of the Lizzie McGuire movie.
2: I was literally just about to say that. It gave me very much like "Sing to Me, Paolo." Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that's where I really started to believe in the romance. I was like, "Oh, like, I honestly wish I was watching Lizzie McGuire
1: <laughs> and Luca."
0: Have you ever ridden a Vespa or something similar?
1: I did, um, all last summer, I had a friend that had one, so we would like ride it around.
0: Yeah. I've I've never really done motorized site, you know, two wheel vehicles, um, just bicycles.
2: (laughs) Would you like join a race to like win a Vespa? Like, do you love it that much? (laughs) No, I What's how cute? much money are they getting <laughs> i know how do these like why are they giving these kids like all this money
1: where do they get the money from
0: also attempting what, what's that
1: they're heiresses oh.
0: well ercole certainly is
1: Who'd heck that guy
0: i mean I he's wealthy and he's a <laughs> spoiled up.
2: why is the why is the grown-up a bully <laughs> I don't
0: know. that was a great insult though the catfish thing <laughs>
2: oh that honestly, yes I feel like that was like the only like witty like quippy thing they did Mm -hmm. there could have been more to me I don't know
0: the Italian triathlon I guess they were being clever with the fact that it's not all just feats of athletics there's also (laughs) the, the pasta eating contest that was wild
1: it made me hungry
0: I, I mean, yeah, the food does Why always look good. food
1: in Pixar movies always looks so good. I know. It made me so... Like, I, like, will be eating pasta tonight, probably. <laughs> nice. If you're listening to this right now and you um, are thinking about your next Pixar movie, just make... Pixar. I said it weird. <laughs> but anyways, I feel like we should make a Pixar menu or somebody can. And when you watch Luca... You eat spaghetti and maybe some like fruit because I, I felt like I wanted like watermelon and then I was like, oh, spaghetti. But those are like two of my favorite foods. Um, anyways, but then you yeah. watch Ratatouille. You can make that. You can make all the, all the little Pixar, the cake in Lilo and Stitch, hmm. another iconic hmm. Pixar dish. But yes, definitely the spaghetti eating contest part was cute.
0: Yeah, there was, of course, a lot of discomfort from me watching, you know, the characters who ate the spaghetti then attempt to uh, get on their bikes to do the cycling portion.
2: Couldn't be me. Couldn't be
0: me.
2: Yeah, that, I, I didn't, you know, it's animated. It was cute. Like the idea of it being like pasta, biking, swimming, but it's like, if you're not a team, like how are you not, you're not doing this. You won't have the pasta by the end of the race. Like, you're just not, like, doing all these things at once.
0: Competing against an adult who has teammates, yeah. Also, uh... like,
2: why are these kids eating all this pasta? I like, think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute, but, like, oh, what? I don't know. I felt like some parts of it, like, it, made s- it would make sense for, like, me, but, like, how old are these kids supposed to be? Where are they putting them through a triathlon? Actually, how old are they supposed to be, Philip?
0: I mean, Luca, is he maybe 10?
2: I'm getting like, yeah, I'm getting like 10 to
1: 12 vibes. And
0: Alberto's maybe 12. Um, yeah,
1: I felt like Alberto was definitely older to me.
0: Um, you know, the actor who plays him, you know, is a teenager. He was in Shazam and the It movies jack dylan grazer he played um the the friend of young shazam freddie freeman um i don't know if you've seen that but a uh, great you know like humorous comedic actor um but in this movie i you know he definitely sound more mature than in some of his earlier roles you know where he he was definitely you know just kind of starting out as a kid actor
1: yeah, I f- oh, well, and kids, you know, their voices change so quickly.
0: Yeah, no, it's Jacob Tremblay. I'm sure will sound a lot different next time we see him. You know, post
1: a two. Yeah, are you hinting at a sequel, Philip? Do you know something we don't know?
0: I don't know if this would do well enough to, you know, because you know, they haven't made like a Ratatouille two. Oh, I mean, that'd be a perfect opportunity. Ratatouille.
1: (laughs) I would watch it. I think Ratatouille is like, it's like coming back. I think so too. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of people argue it's, you know, perhaps the best or the most artistic Pixar film. Mm. You can make a case for a lot of them, but um, just as like a commentary on art itself, Ratatouille is one of the, Sort of best. I
1: think my dog just got out. I'll be right back. Sorry. All right.
0: We'll pause. Looking. Okay. It's Julia, not Julietta. (laughs) Spulia. I wrote wrote, uh, Julietta in my notes.
2: Very Uh, Italian.
0: A lot of gelato, if that's what it was.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It had to have been like all the ice cream was not actually ice cream.
0: Yeah. Italian. What's the, is that? Isn't it basically the same thing as ice cream? Just
2: it's similar, but I, there's like, like, I think gelato is like better. Like, have you had it?
0: It's something about the, the fat content or something. There's, it,
2: there's it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like the same like texture, but different. Like,
0: yeah, I've had it. It's, it's like more smooth, yeah, um, yeah, more, yes. more like a custard. I you don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I imagine this being set in Italy, it's intended to be.
2: I wonder like what time frame.
0: I, yeah, I saw 50s or 60s. That makes sense, like the 50s maybe. Uh, a lot of ways in which this movie does inhabit that time period as well. Like, you know, Alberto would not be allowed to just not go to school i'm sure you know Um, unless
2: he like nobody knew yeah People like didn't know because his dad was basically like you're not good enough is that like not
0: yeah at the end of course um you know i i and of course that it's they're these crazy sea monsters so it's like you know how (laughs) they have to integrate into society um So I I guess Alberto, it makes sense. I sympathize with him for not going to school at the end.
2: Um, Yeah, I just, I I mean, him and him and like Luca, like wanted, I think like they had like different, like long-term goals versus like short-term goals, Vespa, like long-term goals, like freedom, education, like,
0: yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Alberto was the Ben Affleck, and you know, Luco's the Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. You know, the their friend, their buds, but you know, clearly on different paths.
2: Different paths, yeah. And I think like that. That's like it's. I don't know. Like they'll come back to each other.
0: Yeah. They're good too. <laughs> um. I I liked Alberto's line about uh, you know he's referring to the train as the boring thing that takes you to the awful place, (laughs) talking about the train and (laughs) referring to a train as a boring thing and then school. Like
2: I I, I feel like the like phrases and words that they used were like like cuter than like the like plot of the movie like. Mm -hmm. They're, like the little snippets of things that they said and the like colors and animation like that's like what really like keeps me as an adult like watching it.
0: Yeah, exactly and they they all are very good at scripting these um, you know making sure there's just a lot of texture oh, and nuance I'm he in am back. me did dialogue. get out.
1: Um, and then luckily I just opened the front door and like screamed his name and then he came like running into the house but I was like oh my god I'm he's good. like uh my my brother has three dogs oh my god I'm like so out of breath <laughs> oh,
0: no.
1: ah, I was running so they're all like huge um in different kinds but that one I don't know what kind of dog it is but he like looks kind of like Scooby-Doo style and he like jumped the fence at my brother's house which is like pretty high maybe like Uh, actually not super high, but, like, maybe four feet high. And our fence is, like, seven feet high. And he, like, leaped right over it. And I just saw him, like, there's a window right here. There's, like, a window right here. So I just, like, saw him, like, sprinting across the yard. And I was like, what the heck?
0: They want their freedom.
1: So then I had to go, like, wrangle, like, three giant dogs. And I, like, locked them in the kennels. (laughs) What the heck? So Um, anyways.
0: Well, (laughs) thank back goodness to fish, back to luca all right um I'm sorry philip i was like no that's totally cool I, i'm glad your dogs are okay um what where else uh <laughs> well speaking of dogs uh i, I love <laughs> the design of the cat machiavelli who's you know appropriately I uh, evil <laughs>
2: My
1: favorite character. That's my favorite character in the whole movie. And I love that the cat, like, you totally know that the cat was, like, hmm, the cat knew immediately. The cat knew the whole time. Yeah. 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 Immediately. Yeah. And I loved there was a line, shoot, I forget who said it, but they're, like, there's something fishy about you, too. Like, they, like, really played that up, and I loved that.
0: Well, cats do love fish, so... Yeah. And they do smell, Luca and Alberto smell like fish apparently as well, which I like yeah, that Yeah,
1: touch. yeah, yeah. Apparent like early on. Um,
0: yeah. And like the, the design of Machiavelli was the most Miyazaki looking thing, I thought. He looks like a Totoro. Yes,
2: Totoro is like my favorite like Studio Ghibli movie. So I, oh. I it was like, I, I thought the cat was my favorite. It just reminded me of my own cat. Um, but also I thought it was like, it was like comedic relief when you were like getting kind of stressed out like I'm like oh I'm stressed out like they're at dinner like he just got water spilled on him I'm I'm getting scared and then like the cat is like <laughs> popping up like I see you I see you fish
0: yeah these sorts of I don't know I immediately went to the dinner scene from um the iron giant I don't know if you if you've seen that there's he's trying to hide the uh, the, you know, giant who's followed him home. And there's a hand that came off the giant, like, cause, uh, cause he, he, you know, every time he comes apart, all of his pieces, you know, independently move and can reassemble and the hand had not been fully reassembled. And so it follows him into the house and he has to hide it from his mom. It's crazy. But like, yeah, that, that kind of thing, it's been done a million times, um, but, you know, makes for some good tension. And of course, the dad character, uh, Massimo, uh, you know, has one arm. He's a single dad. I, weird kind of that, you know, he's divorced in this is like a 1950s time period. So that would have been a pretty uncommon thing, apparently, because we know that um, Julia's mom is in uh, Cordova or some, you know, Um But uh, just wanted to touch on the, you know, condition of kids who are raised in broken homes. And I thought that was some some good uh, context for for her character.
2: Well, he like loved and like supported his daughter, too, like which I like was like cute. He was like, oh, like, no, you can't do this like the money. And then they were like, we'll work. And he was like, okay, like, no, like like no like kickback on that he was just yeah. like okay like if you really want to do it and like you can make it work like I will like help you and support you and like it wasn't like no you can't do this because you got sad last time like he could have just like ended it there but he was like oh like if you really want to do it and like you'll make it work like I will help you make it work I like I liked that like that was just really cute
1: yeah I think that's very sweet Mm-hmm. And I think kids like need that because it's not as, um you know, like 50s housewife, like stay home. It's like mom, dad, kids, and it's way less taboo now for parents to kind of like stay together. And they just kind of put themselves in the position of like their happiness matters too versus then it was so taboo that you were like ruining everything. And like, obviously it affects the kids and I'm not from like a divorce home, but I definitely think it's refreshing.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I wonder what happened between the, you know, the, the father and the mother uh, for, it must've been something fairly severe.
2: Well, she had her little hideout in the yeah. tree and they were oh, like, yeah. oh, this is your hideout. And like, they were like so specific about it being like a hideout. And then it was like, okay, it's just like her hideout. Like, <laughs> like like what? I don't
0: know. <laughs> they're letting the boys just stay there just like they're vagrants.
2: Yeah, they were. They called them that, didn't they not?
0: Yeah, yeah, Eric Alay refers to them as a as vagrants. And I mean, yeah, I suppose back in the 50s, you know, it would have been less unusual for Well, if you kids. think it
1: so, like Disney style is like, you know, they have lots of like step parents, but it's because like one's always dead. <laughs> for lack yeah. of like a better you know mm-hmm. way to say that
0: well they were they were lucky uh, julia's father was such a great guy despite his uh, seeming appearance as a as this butcher you know <laughs> or I if liked, he's a fisherman
2: i liked him he was like yeah. oh this this one arm a sea monster bit it off. no just kidding i was just born this way like, oh yeah <laughs> it was just i don't know i just thought he was like he's this big burly man but actually
1: like he's like really likable like you know mm-hmm. who he reminded me of the mm-hmm. guy i'm so sorry i keep bringing up frozen but i just mm-hmm. saw like a lot of like things and maybe it was like the animation style but um the okinsana guy oh, sure. like same guy <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah.
2: You know what? Like he's big. He's seemingly like intimidating, but he's not. Yeah. I get that parallel.
0: Yeah, There's a similar looking character in Kiki's delivery service. He's like this sort of hulking dude. Who's the husband of the, uh, the Baker woman who takes Kiki in. Mm Um, and, and, and that character is pretty much mute, that whole movie. Similarly, um, you know, this guy is very uh, <laughs> um, sort of stoic as well. Um, but yeah, like everything kind of works out for the characters in the end. I don't know, there's nothing too dire because like, you know, you're always worrying about um, Alberto and Luca being revealed but when when they eventually are, it's like people are, <laughs> kind of uh, okay with it. Um, you know, there are always going to be those people who never will accept it. And that was kind of a great little, you know, lesson in this film. You know, the, the grandma, I think, said something along those lines, um, where yeah, some people will never accept him, but some will. Um, and I mean, that's that's just kind of true for everyone. I feel.
1: <laughs> I feel. Um, yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. And, and so, That's yeah, it's a like
1: a lesson to learn as a kid, because it's hard to hard to uh, scale back as an adult if you think everyone likes you.
0: It can be so tempting to just be critical all the time and think that everything can be perfect and, and you can point out other people's flaws to, uh, you know, elevate yourself. Um, but no, it's it's really destructive to do that and the more we can learn to you know, not be negative towards each other and you know disparage aspects of people that strike at their very identity or that when we do you know give on un, um, uh, uninvited criticism to people like that you know it's just it can be so hurtful um, you know we'll be just so much better off when we can figure that out
2: yeah I feel like the movie just had a lot of like really good lessons about being like don't listen to that negative voice like be true to who you are like go you know go for your dreams I but like it was like so much like so many like themes so many Mm -hmm. messages it's like which one is like the main like underlying message of the movie i'm not really sure there's a lot of really good messages yeah. but are we you know are we are we you you said this earlier and i think you described it really well when you're like it's like a lot of like vignettes and like yeah it was like there were so many good messages but like i would have rather have watched like three separate like like Disney movies rather than like have them all kind of crammed into this one that I'm having a really hard time following and like maybe it's just me that I just had a hard time following it because I'm I'm watching as a an adult I'm looking for like this deeper meaning like what does it mean versus like watching as a child and just being like cute mermaid boys you know like
0: well, Pixar has trained us to expect a lot of deeper meaning from their films as well. There's just
2: so much deep meaning. I don't know, like, <laughs> which one am I, like, supposed to, like, focus on for this one? Is mm-hmm. it, like, was there one that was more important than the other? I just feel it was just, a, it was a lot to, like, like take in, I just feel like.
0: I guess part of being a kid is, is just so much stimula- stimulation, should we say. Yeah learn how to filter and uh, silencio, bruno uh, okay
1: that part kind of tripped me up because obviously i don't like i don't i could never hold a conversation in italian but i do know like enough to be like what the heck so the first time i heard that as i mentioned like on a tiktok sound i was like huh like that makes no sense (laughs) but like I, like, after watching the movie, was like, oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Did that, so it's a TikTok thing, did it originate with Luca?
1: Yeah, I don't know, it's, like, from Luca, and then, like, they took that clip of them, like, yelling it. Hmm. But, like, it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, huh?
2: Yeah, I, like, I heard it on TikTok, but then watching the movie, I didn't really see, like... I, like TikTok t- took it and like turned it into like a clip completely different than like what the movie was like mm-hmm. making it be. So like when I heard it on TikTok, like I didn't I didn't realize it was from Luca until I was watching it. So then I was like, this doesn't even make any sense. Like mm-hmm. what? If, what? I is you know TikTok likes to take those yeah. like little sounds and like it was just I don't know. It's just another noise for TikTok. I think it was in like, don't listen yeah. to negative voices. They didn't use it like that.
0: I think it was in one of the early trailers. And so it just became a meme from that, which, yeah, you I know, do. is why. Yeah. Yeah. It might, it might've been around for a little while now. Um, yeah. I don't know who Bruno is. It could be Alberto's father.
2: I was thinking it was his dad. Like since the first time he said it,
0: because
2: mm-hmm. like, I feel like his, I feel like that was like a thing it was like, his dad was like, like made him feel like less than, and then, so here he is like telling him like, shut up, you know, like
0: yeah, know. you're not going to get
2: in my head. You're not going to like, tell me that I can't do something when I can do anything that I like put my mind to, you know?
0: Yeah. Or Bruno's just the Karen of, italian (laughs) Um, sure
1: sure. well what were they saying i was like trying to like i think it's because people were trying to like tell him like to like silence his like identity but originally when i heard it i was so confused i was just like who is bruno because like silencio i actually thought at first they were saying something totally different and then <laughs> once i like listened to it more times i was like oh but it was like who is bruno And like why are we yelling at him yeah like, he looked at the picture
2: like on the first little vespa that they made and like who was that if not his dad and he's like silencio bruno oh Flip to the picture and then like there they go off the ramp huh
0: yeah uh could be and you know alberto's been an orphan for more than a year going off of the markings in his um hideout there's more than 365 somebody counted them
1: uh, <laughs> but, was it you did you count
0: them? no i did not i just read it
1: i wouldn't be shocked if philip was like one of those like smart internet people that finds oh. all the like hidden mickeys yeah no i'm <laughs> like I, I like i get that i feel that
2: like Here comes, like, all, like, the secret hidden meanings that I didn't catch.
0: I'm not that committed. Vespa means wasp in Italian. (laughs) I don't know if that's relevant. Um, I I mean, it's...
1: But I just feel like Vespas are so, like, cliche.
0: Yeah. It's more about the vehicle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And...
1: The Silencio Bruno thing just like trip me up. It's like, why are we screaming at Bruno to like shut up or whatever? Bruno Mars, like, please, it's like, stop him.
0: (laughs) Don't believe me, just watch. Um,
2: (laughs) Just kidding, I love Bruno.
0: (laughs) But yeah, it's like that inner voice that'll tell us, you know, that we're not good enough or that we shouldn't do it. And I guess to some extent, Alberto could use perhaps more of a filter so that he doesn't, you know, die um, you know maybe maybe wait until you're 30 to totally silencio your bruno uh so that you've at least lived a little bit had had sort of a semi um complete life and then go crazy <laughs> and yeah. launch yourself up around what's that
2: build your own vespa
0: <laughs> exactly well yeah i'm talking about like risky behavior oh, like
1: l- launching
0: a vespa off uh, ramp you know <laughs> totally
1: crazy uh
0: and there's lots of like fantasy sequences that reminded me of over the moon uh hannah you saw that right
1: uh yeah, yeah. philip i literally if i've seen a movie in the past like two years it's because philip said hannah watch this movie we're recording next week and say, oh. yeah i i
2: need that actually like even if yeah. you don't have me on like just tell me to watch a movie I need the like, um, like motivation.
0: (laughs) Well, I try to catch animated films, but yeah, there's certainly, I mean, I, I hadn't watched this until reviewing for the podcast, which I knew I would do. So it's kind of why I was slacking, um, and then over the
1: If I force myself to like, Mm -hmm. or like not really force myself, but if I'm in like a rush to watch it at the last minute, Mm -hmm. I don't have as much time to like interpret it, but I definitely think it's more fresh. And I'm doing less of the like, oh, yeah, like that kind of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. I watched it and then I
2: I went back to some parts to like make sure I was like digesting Mm -hmm. it like enough to talk about it. Because like there was just some parts that just confused me a little bit. So I was like, let me go back to make sure like I didn't miss something that made me
1: confused.
0: Yeah, I can't remember the sequence really surrounding Luca's uh, departure for the surface after he's sent to the depths. Um, I'm guessing he just sort of took off and uh, ran away, and it wasn't anything too dramatic. Um, But I don't really remember that scene. I
2: felt like I was always waiting for like a climax, and I never like there was never any part that was like here's like the very tippy top of the movie. I was just always like waiting for something. And it was like, Oh, Oh, like, okay. Like I, I thought this was going to happen, but I thought it was going to happen like in a different way.
0: Yeah. The big, big block with uh, Alberto. I mean, I was kind of surprised when Luca, you know, pretended that he was human and, you know, was (laughs) selling out Alberto uh, and of course, yeah, a lot of kind of vicious harpoonmen and and these fishermen in this town who uh, seem rather uh, bloodthirsty towards these sea monsters.
2: I mean, yeah, that was like a really big part of the movie, like the irony of them, like wanting to be like human. And here they go to like a big fishing town, like obsessed with like catching like these like mythical sea monsters that nobody really knows exist. So, yeah. like, like oh, like this is like the town closest to you. Like, you couldn't have gone anywhere else. Like, you could go to the big fishing town with the hunters. Well, I think
1: it would make sense, like, essentially, too, like in the Little Mermaid, you know, like those are fishermen. Mm-hmm. But, Philip, listeners, I promise I won't go off on a big animal rights tangent. <laughs> do you, you do that often? Well- oh, Alex, I do that like every. <laughs> every time actually I well, was very good when we talked about 101 Dalmatians I kind of popped off but when we talked I was like, to say, like, every, I,
0: I kept it all in <laughs>
1: when we talked about just Cruella I like let it boil and boil and boil and then when we went on to do 101 Dalmatians like the following episode I just like I I was too good for too long
0: <laughs> no it's good and I mean we could probably start wrapping things up here uh, you all have sort of some concluding thoughts that you want to share as well um just uh because yeah i'm i'm pretty much exhausted on all my you know crucial deets when it did comes we to we talk different... enough
2: about the movie or like did we talk enough like getting off track
0: <laughs> no i i mean i, I
2: mean, we hit all the points there wasn't
0: really I, <laughs> I try to keep these to you know an hour-ish If they go way over, not a big deal. I enjoy listening to long podcasts, but you know, I
1: always listen to podcasts when I drive, so it's actually annoying when. I think like if they keep going, it's it's good, but
2: (laughs) I mean, like, do like people listen? Like, you got a lot of listeners. Am Uh... I gonna hate comments? Do you ever get those? I don't get it. Don't bring this
1: girl (laughs) back.
0: I don't get a ton of interaction on the show, honestly. I, I don't promote it nearly enough. Uh, no, but... no,
1: no. If you're listening, <laughs> we're so good. Share it with your friends.
0: Um, I, I should be happy
1: to have any listeners that we have.
0: But like the the SoundCloud uh, plays where I host it, you know, are consistently showing in the hundreds of plays. So that's
1: awesome.
0: It's pretty good. Um,
2: good, good. I'm gonna I'm gonna share. I mean, I'm gonna share it. We, now with everybody <laughs> yeah. and you'll, get all the, you'll get all like the hate comments
0: share with the world yeah <laughs> no and people okay. will love you
2: conclusions who's first i have my notes up so oh my god i'm just gonna read verbatim from yeah. my Go for it. please yeah please okay my end of notes it's a little all over the place Okay. Not my favorite. Repetitive, cute, but predictable. Didn't give me fuzzy feelies. Overall, the sayings were cute. The animation and colors were really good. The theme and the messages were good, but the plot just really wasn't there for me. Um, this was like after the fact, I don't know if it counts. I did some TikTok research, uh, (laughs) and there was just really no funny TikToks like about Luca but they used this, there was like use of the sound for funny TikToks, but it had nothing to do with the movie. I just did my little TikTok research. um, And then the part where they ate pasta made me really want pasta. And Mm -hmm. I just put that in there because like when I was thinking about the movie, I just kept thinking about pasta. So those are my like end of movie. Like after watching it, it sat with me. That's what I wrote down.
0: I love it. It's, uh, I'm, not, I'm trying to think of a Miyazaki film that makes me want to eat certain types of food. I'm sure. Oh, like the
2: little candies at the beginning of Totoro, like little caramels when they're on like the road trip. Yeah. There's one for me.
0: <laughs> I think Kiki delivers pies uh, sometimes. Um, yeah, no, just. The pono,
2: <laughs> all the food in like <laughs> ponyo looks good. Is that, that's the same thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very visual. I, I mean, it's just I I enjoy aesthetics more than I do, um, you know, a, a moral sort of approach to storytelling, yeah. uh, you know, trying to be, uh, you know, to what's the message oriented versus just... I mean,
2: we don't need messages anymore. Like, we're grown.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I,
2: I don't know. It's so, like, fun to, like, find out what it is. Like, I'm definitely, like, watching for, like the appearance and the appearance yeah. was it delivered that was the like mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful
0: the, the you know some of the writing could have been tighter of course and and that's where this movie fell a little flat compared to some of other of the other pixar films um i mean we've already had a series you know a trilogy from pixar that's all about racing and that's those are the least Well-reviewed Pixar movies uh, (laughs) out there. I'm wondering
2: (laughs) if there's like a reason they didn't put it in theaters. Like, did they did they think it was going to be? Because I mean, because like Disney has put out movies in theaters. Like, Raya came out in theaters. It was also on Disney Plus, but like that they put that in theaters, and that was like worked on during COVID, which I'm assuming Luca was too. Like, why was it? Why didn't they put that in the theaters? Like. Was it a flop
0: for them? This is how out of the loop I am. Um, I mean, Soul was released to Disney plus during, you know, when COVID was more in full swing um, back in December, but it still qualified for Oscar. um, Soul was really good. Soul was good. Yeah, the the rules were changed, you know, because of it for uh, this year's Oscars. But uh, Luca... I thought it maybe was released to theaters and I've just been out of the loop. So I don't,
2: but I I won't, don't know. you know what? I don't know. I didn't think it was. I think it was only Disney Plus because I didn't pay for it.
0: I couldn't tell you. Yeah, you don't have to, it's free on you know, there was no premium
2: $30 little you know. charge because I would not be here if there was. <laughs>
0: um but I I mean I've taken advantage of the premium a little bit, and we share the account among families, so you know, it's, it's a little bit cost-effective to do that. Um, so like Black Widow, we recently, you know, watched on Disney Plus. Don't kill me, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Give <laughs> um, me the
1: login then.
0: No, I, yeah, yeah. I, she, she's suing Disney. I don't know
1: yeah, she's heard. suing Disney. Emma, um, why? Said to have been lingering with it. So is Emily Blunt. Um, because, um, this is such a tangent listeners, but if you don't know this, um, the Disney, these actors were in their contracts given um, portions of like box office sales, which Mm -hmm. is written into their contracts. So when it does do straight to streaming or even partial streaming those um they don't those don't count horses. in the contract and it eats into that which is like of course Disney has to do that within covid and they probably didn't um when these contracts were made they didn't sign into those contracts because it wasn't like a thought yeah
2: right well, so I mean, like yeah. I, I i mean they you made the movie
1: like uh, all these yeah, actors are I, just next time i don't, don't know what to tell you because <laughs> like i totally think the actors have a right to compensation for their work especially if that was written in and maybe they could do um, uh, like a lump sum of the projected earnings which would be a little yeah. bit different however I do so I'm like totally like team actors but I do understand mm-hmm. Disney's side of it where how were they supposed to know when these contracts came about right. given that they probably were written years ago um, and that's just very common in in like film work to have those box office sales and even stage acting, if you are mm-hmm. a title name to have that written into your contract. So I think just with streaming services becoming so apparent and mm-hmm. um, those tickets kind of riding on a streaming service like selling Raya for $30, maybe they should do that when an actor has that kind of um, yeah. In a, in a film, but yeah, it's it's pretty complicated. So I, I'm excited, not excited, but I'm interested to see how it's handled from a legal perspective, because it def- it technically is a breach of contract and they don't really have a right to breach the contract if it wasn't amended. So I think it will play out in the actor's favorite. It, favorite I, think, I think so too, and it
2: should if they're working, I guess like, yeah, they did the work, but is when they do the contract, is it like they are signing, for a portion of of box office sales which they are okay. unaware of like oh like you'll if the right. so you'll like, do it, they sure. get like a projected you sign this contract, you'll get at least this much like is it like a, is it like here I'm like, if they, get paid, like that they get paid they get paid or do they like rely on the percentage or do they have like an idea in mind like you'll get paid at least this? From like, I don't understanding know that understanding
1: of it, I think it's like, and obviously I've never actually had a contract that's like worth millions of dollars like that, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, give me a call Disney. Um, but I'm from how I understand it in just like the very little experience, like I have or the, um, ways that I've learned about that, I think it's there's always going to be projected earnings but that's kind of more private like your agent will be like oh like um it's projected to like earn this much but usually they don't know that till much later but when you are a name on a film it will do better if you know like scarlett johansson is on the film so
0: these yeah these profit sharing uh agreements they they you know, they don't have a minimum usually. <laughs> yeah, they, they have a cap like
2: a number. That's but, what I would say. That's a better way. Yeah, I was, is thinking. there a minimum they're expect? They're just I, like signing, like yeah, okay, yeah. I'll get a portion of movie tickets. Sales. I Think ScarJo's was
0: capped know, at fifty
1: put out onto DVD like do they get a portion of that as well because is as this long not it's not the their contracts so there's like some famous contracts that are written in different ways so for example like the Brady Bunch cast okay something that came out a while ago that was kind of a bigger deal within those contracts obviously it's just like my like uh industry I guess so I'm just more aware but um something that was definitely going around is that cast wasn't given um compensation for the like reruns of the show. So when they were um, initially in it, it wasn't making as much as it did via like lunch boxes, like those things. So then they did a separate tour, right? So their like family cast, whatever, went on tour. And so in those kind of resales, the companies that own the franchises will make more money there because it was never in their initial contract at the beginning of that. So you have to either renegotiate, which is like your agent's good or the um, company's going to do good, but there's no media company that or anyone really in any business that's going to just be like, oh, you know what, Alex, like you did a good job. Like I'm just going to like give you an extra like $5 billion, whatever. I know that's an outlandish number in your contract because like, Disney might be like this happy brand, but at the end of the day, Disney is a business. And like, there was no way that they were gonna foresee COVID, right? None of us knew that was gonna happen. But at the same time, they are responsible for the contracts that they have in place. So I just think even if the actor is capped at X amount from the box office, then that is the amount that you should pay them. And they have enough money to do it. Exactly. Well that's that's kind of like I did I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super I complicated. I don't know either. Like are you
2: expecting a number? Like do they tell you like, oh, you'll get at least this much or at most this much, like when you sign? I didn't know if they were like solely relying on like I think really very
1: like personal blindly. Like, yeah. yeah.
0: She was given twenty million up front, Scarlet. Yeah. So that's a pretty get, like, standard work
1: and then that's kind of like a like mm-hmm. a tip, <laughs> you know. And then,
0: yeah, she just gets so a portion. That
1: well. <laughs> yeah Me
0: too. portion of the profits uh, you, you had
2: know what of this like this was like are you gonna <laughs> cut all this out <laughs> oh
0: this is interesting I mean I it's it's been big in the news lately and you know if it gets too bad you know then the screen Actors Guild could potentially strike and uh, right. they'll just because have to
1: be represented by a union by an agency and I'm sure she has other kind of um credits within her because she is just such like a big celebrity she has to have all of those things but again I didn't know about this this is so interesting Disney are not like infamous for like how they how they work yeah. the law you know well it's kind but of a
0: bummer I, if this means you know she'll never portray black widow ever again i
1: don't think so but i think not necessarily as as she's yeah. like we'll sign a contract now I think I just think it's a, a new awareness and she has the right to that lawsuit and I don't think that it's something that could have been settled behind closed doors because of the nature of just like a contract you know like if you do x amount of work but then something crazy happens you just kind of have to go after it in a in a new way and often that does have to involve like legal aspects so whether or not she's like I hate Disney now or even just like casually like hey like I'm like oh this money like blah blah just mm-hmm. to kind of cover yourself, even if both parties are like amicable, yeah. you should always like involve a lawyer.
0: Yeah, hopefully it works out. Um, and these ways of tracking sales on streaming services do kind of fr- frustrate a lot of movie buffs who love looking at things like box office numbers and film rankings, because it just kind of gives you a perspective on what is influencing and impacting culture at a given time. And that's kind of why we love to have these sorts of conversations because, you know, movies like Luca, or uh, when we talk about last, you know, 101 Dalmatians, Cruella, like these are big parts of our, you know, public consciousness and um, money plays a big role in that as well. Certainly.
2: Well, it's smart because honestly, like Disney's target audience is going to be like a family. You know, yeah. mom, dad, kids, however many kids, and to go to the movies, you might spend a little bit more than thirty dollars. Whereas for me, I'd rather go to the movies because it's yeah. not going to cost me thirty dollars. You know, like I like going to the movies. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be that expensive. Whereas for like, let's say a family of four, you're definitely spending more than thirty bucks. So mm-hmm. Disney charging thirty dollars to have this movie that you can watch forever. This mm-hmm. is it's. A, it's oh, a- the- Business
0: move right there. And they'll save or and uh, scrounge up any dollar they can as you know, a company that's you know designed to earn profits. Um, but also it does make the, make it a little easier to keep track of maybe things like profit sharing if they are putting a price tag on a viewing experience versus just you know throwing something up on a streaming platform. And the only revenue you're getting is just people subscribing, and you know number of views, you know, will just would maybe just be used as a statistical metric to determine some back end profits if certain people are owed them, um, which I'm sure will have to be the case if it's not already. But I suppose similar to the way in which YouTube revenues are generated based on, you know, ad impressions. Um, I mean, I watch a lot of YouTube, and a lot of people get a lot of their earnings, you know, YouTubers uh, through Patreon donations. But there's also a significant amount of money to be made through uh, views, and yeah, ads. and ads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so.
2: Sean's Sean's dad does YouTube. That's my boyfriend. His dad does YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and it's a it's not a big check, but it gets a little check from YouTube every now and then because yeah. people have been watching his videos. So
0: certainly. Well, cool. Um, yeah, Luca. I mean, yeah, this movie couldn't have been cheap. Uh, it was maybe less of, a, I don't know, Endeavor than other films that, that Pixar has made just because they came out with two in such quick succession. I feel like their resources were maybe split a little bit. Um, but this movie did seem very innovative in certain ways as well. And I, they do always like to push the boundaries of their technology with every film that they do at Pixar. Um, and, and this movie was a stylistic departure for sure, you know, kind of, um, the, the, there's a bit more cartooniness to the characters, uh, sort of, a, I don't know. A roundedness, shall we say, puffiness, to, you know, almost like Steven Universe. I've heard that aesthetic referred to as like the banana teeth style, which I thought was mm-hmm. kind of funny. Uh, but it looks really good. Like the characters are are very, there's Disney-esque, um, you know, references to like Pinocchio in this as well. Of course, the Italian connection, but also just, you know, Pinocchio is this very rounded boyish puppet um, has a similar you know, um, struggle being divided between the world of, you know, wanting to be human and, uh, and the unfortunate circumstance. Isn't it
1: funny that human is always one of the options and they're like, eh, sounds good. <laughs> there's
0: yeah, there'll <laughs> yeah. certainly be, there's Might gotta be, be, be something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll try uh, it out. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of movies about people wanting to be human, but you know and there's you probably a-
1: here and you're like um <laughs> the human world it's a mess oh i was going to say too kind of another parallel to the little mermaid but not really mm-hmm. when i was a kid we played mermaids right mm-hmm. um i can't wait for kids to want to play like luca at the pool oh, oh yeah. my god stop you, like, wait, that's me, so like, true that is- and you get out and you're a human and you're like oh like my mom doesn't know because like I was Luca so in the pool. And you're like, does your, like, sea creature tail look like? Like, mine's pink yeah. and glittery.
2: Yeah, I, Actually, my mom said you can't come swimming unless you play Luca with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, oh, no, that's so
2: cute. That's a really, like, yes, you,
1: that was, that's cute. Aww. And it makes me like a gender inclusive way to, like, um, you know, like, when, like, no one's going to get made fun of, like, their, like, little sea monsters. <laughs> I feel like.
0: yeah. mermaid Mermaid is very feminine sounding yeah
1: so i just love it i live for it that's really
2: cute honestly like best part of this whole podcast
0: (laughs) a a great name um there was a production baby i noticed named arlo who's the dinosaur from the good dinosaur
1: yes that's so Um, cute i love that name
0: underrated pixar film that didn't get great reviews when it came out but i loved it
1: it's a 10 out of 10 just because the name Arlo is
0: so yeah I was crying at that movie
1: that was yeah that
2: was a that was a tearjerker
1: I was um um, and I wouldn't think so
0: (laughs) (laughs) stone heart I know I hate it what I don't
2: know if I can talk to you anymore
0: (laughs) you need to someone someone needs some thawing out to do um so yeah that's that's my Luca takes um Hannah, you got any more to add?
1: No, I think this is um, just kind of like final thought style. Um, I think it's just such, um, the plot is a bit all over the place, but I do think um, what I think is kind of like the core message of the movie is a really great message about accepting yourself, being a good friend, helping those around you. And I think in this past year, even as adults, we've experienced so much. Um, self-reflection. And I know that a lot of people, um, <laughs> this part's a little sappy, <laughs> have kind of like their worlds have like changed and they mm-hmm. had to look more inward. And whether your friendships grew smaller or or larger, you know, like fell apart. I think the importance of like finding people that care about you, like is a great message and caring about yourself and being able to kind of vocalize those thoughts um are is a great message for kids kind of moving
0: forward absolutely yeah it's uh people you know are kind of in a rough place in many ways um after all we've been through the past few years and it's just we we gotta reinforce just that constant emphasis on (laughs) we just gotta be excellent to each other and uh, not be so critical or harsh uh, just try to find love wherever we can friendship you know not worry about you know whether we look like a dork wearing a mask but also like you know it's it sucks to wear a mask <laughs> all the time too so like sure we can all agree that there's you know there <laughs> that we all have a complaint in some respect or another but like really we just got to you gotta let it go um <laughs> silencio bruno um silencio bruno does anyone want to share their social media Plug. give yourself a plug if you like hannah
1: sure i'll i'll go ahead so then alex can do hers too so my um instagram is hannah lee ever after l-e-i-g-h and then ever after like fairy tales and then as I usually say, if you'd like to see me run my mouth, that's my Twitter, which is just at Hannah Smart, um, and that's where you'll hear all my thoughts on anything that I possibly think of.
0: <laughs> Alex,
1: oh gosh, I didn't want to. Um,
0: um, optional. <laughs> I, don't
2: have, I don't have like cool social media. Like it's just like my life. So I guess yeah. if you like, like, want to like see me, uh, my Instagram is at adz that's a y e e d e e d y i'm on tiktok but it ain't cool so i won't even share that and i wish i ran my mouth on twitter but now i'm gonna have to look up hannah oh my gosh (laughs) i always get scared to show me twitter on here actually (laughs) actually now i'm excited to look it up okay philip your turn what's
0: yours (laughs) i don't know i don't know much about tiktok but if there's anyone cool on tiktok you're definitely one of them uh, and I'll I'll give you a follow on Instagram as well if I haven't already. Um, yeah, find, find Thodcast at uh, Thodcast.com and on streaming platforms such as SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Stitcher was one that I listened to for a while, and then once I got an iPhone, I kind of just. Mm. Uh, Apple podcasts, <laughs> Stitcher started doing this weird thing too, where the app started playing its own ads. And like hmm. that weren't part of the actual like audio. So, some, some of those podcatcher apps do weird things. I don't know. Um, just, just go and direct download it from, <laughs> from your web browser. Uh, what I used to do back in the olden days um, <laughs> and load it up onto an MP3 player. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah i can find me philip elke at philip elke on twitter and instagram at thoughtcast on twitter and instagram um but no i, I hope you all uh, enjoyed the show thank you so much hannah and alex and uh, we'll be back with some more thoughtcast soon i uh, hope you all are enjoying your summer thanks so much for listening uh, have a wonderful week have a magical day and as always Warm hugs!